This week on Moms Moving On. There's this whole world of unknowns. Like, how am I going to support myself? What am I going to do? How am I going to survive? Like, you know, just every little thing that you you were so used to doing as a team. Now you have to, it's, it's just you by yourself. So, yeah, I, I knew that. And I was like, I was terrified. It's scary. Not so much the, you know, the whole process after that. I was like, okay, so I think before I decided to end my marriage, that was one of my main concerns. Like, I'm going to have to do everything about myself now. How am I going to, like, I'm scared. Like, I was so dependent on him for so long. Am I going to, and I doubted myself. I'm like, am I going to be able to do it? Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm your host, Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, and today I am joined by the most beautiful unicorn of all moms. Her name is Maria, and you actually might know her from Instagram as Unicorn Moms. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Hi, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad you're here. I know that there is so much we can talk about. But first, why don't you give us like the little Maria introduction? Okay, so I am Maria Hunt, and I live out in LA, well, suburb of LA, and I'm a divorced mom of two boys, ages almost 13 and 10, been divorced for three years, and I am the founder of Unicorn Moms, the big online mom community for moms who you know, what's our tagline? I want to like say it, but sometimes I forget it. A mother, a unicorn mom is a mother who's not perfect, enjoys alcohol, has a sense of humor, but couldn't care less what anyone thinks. Absolutely. And and more than <laughs> that, unicorn moms is just a space for a lot of realness. Like it's not, you know, rainbows and lollipops and fairy. No. It's, it's the ins and outs of real motherhood, which is real been- motherhood and honest motherhood. Yeah. Which, which, as you know, includes things like divorce and co-parenting and life after all of that. So I know you fit into those categories there. Yes, I have. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about, uh, well, I guess your divorce experience and where you're at now. So I was married for 11 years and like I said, divorced for three and uh, our divorce process, I think it was it was fairly easy, you know, when I look at everything out, well, no lawyers and, uh, that's it. We submitted it, we filed and six months later, the judge stamped it and we were officially divorced. That is an easy, I mean, by listen, divorce isn't easy. <laughs> I guess, I guess if it's not a knockdown drag out fight, which you didn't have, then you just have to wrap your head around the emotional aspect of it as in. I'm done because that that could have been very hard for somebody else, but yes. something something within you kind of, you know, has that light already that you were like, I'm going to be fine. This is going to be fine. Yeah. Did you feel fine throughout the process? No. Oh no. no I don't okay. think anyone is ever, well, let's keep ever it fine or prepared for it. No, mentally, no, I wasn't. I mean, the whole you know aspect, the legalities of it, it was smooth, and I'm I'm happy. But it was just, it's so sad. I, I went through the motions. Like anyone, it's like you don't get married and think, you know, when you get married, you don't think you're going to get divorced or it's going to end. So it was, it was very emotional for me. I, I mean, I think the most emotional time of the whole process was when we went to 
when we were going to file, you have to go get it notarized before you submit it to the courts. And he's like, I'll meet you at the notary. And I just said, okay, like that was like the final thing for me. Like, this is really it. I, and I send him a text. I'm like, listen, I don't want to even look at you. I'm very emotional. So I'm just going to go in and sign whatever I've decided. I'm just going to walk out because I, I, I cannot, you know, and he's like, okay. And, but yeah, I, I cried on my way there. I cried in my car on the way back home. It was just, it was just like the seal, like done, you know? Well, and I think for a lot of women, that's a great point to bring up because if you're in the process of divorce, all you want is that fucking divorce to be finalized. And many times I tell my clients like, yes, that'll be nice to have it done. But all it means is that it's done. It doesn't mean your emotions about him or the situation change. It doesn't mean that like life magically gets easier. So what was that process like for you? No, it doesn't. It didn't get easier. I mean, it did. It did. And it didn't. It's just because I think you have to, I had to process the finality of it. For me, I was so dependent upon my husband for everything, for our finances, for stuff around the house, for everything. I joke to my friends. I'm like, I didn't even know how to work the thermostat in my house. Like I didn't, I was freezing and he would like adjust it. And like he, he left and I'm like, oh my God. So there was a, a period, I think a good three months after where I would call him constantly, you know, can you do this? And then I finally said, listen, you, when you come and do stuff for me, can you like show me? Cause I don't want to have to rely on you. So that was a whole thing. Like, no, Maria, like you need to do this on your own for yourself. Like you can't depend on him to come. And I mean, he, he's a great man. Like he's a great man. We had our issues, but he, he's, he's good. We co-parent very, very well, but yeah, it was, I think I would say it was good six months to a year of just, you know, mourning that loss in my own way. Cause we all mourn differently. You know what it is? It's like a death. You have to mourn it. We all mourn differently. And I find that we mourn for different reasons. Like those of us who choose to leave our marriages, I don't know if it was your choice to leave or not. Yeah, it was my choice. So it's your choice to leave, right? Because you know, in your heart of hearts, and I was in the same boat, obviously, but you know, in your heart of hearts, it's the right thing to do, but it doesn't make it easier that you're essentially just unraveling a whole life and dismantling life as you know it for yourself and your children. And I think a lot of people, you know, get confused about that. Like, oh, but didn't you want it? Well, yes, but nobody wants to like get married to get divorced. Sometimes you just know that it has to happen for your mental sanity, but it doesn't make the process any easier. It doesn't. It doesn't because then after the fact, you decide you want to do it. And then there's this whole world of unknowns. Like, how am I going to support myself? What am I going to do? How am I going to survive? Like, you know, just every little thing that you, you were so used to doing as a team. Now you have to, it's, it's just you by yourself. So yeah, I, I knew that. And I was like, I was terrified. It's scary. Not so much the you know, the whole process after that, I was like, okay, so I think before I decided to end my marriage, that was one of my main concerns. Like, I'm going to have to do everything about myself now. How am I going to, like, I'm scared. Like, I'm so dependent on him for so long. Am I going to, and I doubted myself. I'm like, am I going to be able to do it? But I, I, I told myself, I'm like, no, this, you know, you ha- you're not happy. So yeah. I'm writing that down because that, am I going to be able to do it question is, is, is the question I think most women ask themselves and then the women who choose not to leave, it's because they convince themselves that they won't be able to do it. Yeah, you know, they exactly. won't be able to manage a house or manage the kids by themselves and the house or figure out what to do when the water heater breaks 
you know, that, that stuff can be overwhelming. And we have to acknowledge that because we're in this era of like empowerment, rah, rah, women can do anything. And yes, we fucking can. We can. But we have to learn first, right? Like (laughs) there was so much, I didn't know how to reset my router. You talk about that. And I'm like about the thermostat and I'll never forget one of the first nights I'm alone in my new space with Bella and the, the internet goes down and I'm like, you know, want to grab my phone and just text my ex. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't do that right now. I was facing the floors, like literally contemplating all 33 years of my life that had come before then. Like, what am I doing? What happened? Oh my God. All because I didn't know how to reset the router. So we need to own that ladies learning curve. It's a learning curve and we will learn it. If anything, you can always YouTube it. Yeah. (laughs) Funny. I remember I, you know, we split up our stuff. And so like, I needed to get a new TV and the TV came and I was super excited. And I literally thought you just like plug it into the wall and watch TV. (laughs) Right. I sat there with this TV, like, what do I do? So I texted like in my friend group, I'm like, is anybody's husband's available? (laughs) Was like, shame on you, Michelle, you should figure this out on your own. But you know what? Ain't too proud to beg. Like I need it. Exactly. Exactly. I'm with you, girl. I'm with you. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It's like, you have to realize, you know, you're going to step into a space where you're going to have to learn, but at the same time, you need to know when to ask for help. Did you find yourself asking for help outside of him? Um, no, (laughs) no, because I mean, I was so used to him and, you know, he would do it and we wouldn't fight. He'd be like, okay. And then after a while he started showing me how to do stuff. So it wasn't like, you know, awkward or weird. And, you know, still to this day, he'll come cut my grass to this day, three years later. I'm like, my grass, I need, the, can you come cut my grass? And he will. <laughs> hey guys, Michelle here with a word from one of our sponsors. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery of results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. For a limited time, get $50 off your device by emailing info at Soberlink.com and mentioning Moms Moving On. Drive safe. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do anything, I have to ask, have you not joined the Moms Moving On membership community yet? This is the place I created for anybody looking for the benefits of coaching without having to commit to a high coaching fee. I've rounded up my go-to experts to put together curated content just for you, including free monthly webinars with me, self-confidence boosters, co-parenting tips and strategies, heartbreak advice, divorce anxiety relief, legal advice from top U.S. attorneys and mediators, financial advice, ebooks to help you on your journey, journal prompts and worksheets, discounts for all my favorite brands. The list goes on and on and on. And all of this at only $9.99 a month. 
Yep, you heard that right. $9.99 a month to be connected to women all over the world who are going through exactly what you're going through and to connect with me. Go to momsmovingon.com slash become a member and join us today. Just tell me about co-parenting. So what is your situation like? I mean, the situation is 50-50 and we're on the two-two-three schedule with our boys and it works out great. I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't think I can go longer than two to three days without seeing them. So, and, and it's good, you know, we both agreed on it and yeah, it's working great. I mean, now with this whole distance learning, it's been, you know, a learning curve, but you know, we figure it out. So are they primarily spending the day with you during the school day or they're really just going back and forth? To they're you? really just going back and forth. He works from home. I work from home. Oh. So we can, yeah, we can both oversee their distance learning, which is great. It's, you know, it's so funny. I used to get so mad when people would be like, oh, you co-parent, you get a break. At least you get a break from your kids. I used to get so mad. And when quarantine started and I had the opportunity to drop Bella off at her dad's every two, two, three, yeah. I was like, okay, you guys can say it now. I get it. Because we're all at <laughs> home with our kids. I'm like, I, I find that was the first time I like welcomed the break. So that's definitely a bright side to anybody listening to this. If you can't find the bright side in that, I don't know what to tell you because we have to be real. The break is essential, especially as you're moving on. It's really hard to parent on your own and be expected to emotionally move on from your marriage. And I truly believe that that time away from your kids is the gift you're given to heal yourself. Yes, I think so too. I, as soon as I, I left and, you know, because we filed and then he divo- he left after a couple of months from the house. We were still living together. We decided to end our marriage. We were still living in the same room for a couple of months while we figured everything out. But as soon as he like got his own place, I was like, and I, you know, we shared custody. I was like, wow, I can really now enjoy and, and work on myself. And, and it's a break. And you're like, oh my God, this is, this is good. It's good for my, you know, healing process. Cause that's what was next after a divorce. It's like, okay, so now I hold up the mirror and figure out all my issues. Cause I know I had some too. And you know, I'm not a saint. So yeah. Love that you came to terms with your issues. That was something that was huge for me that I had been avoiding for basically my whole life. Yeah. What were some of the ways that you helped heal yourself? I started doing a lot of stuff that I've always wanted to do. So reading more, uh, yoga for a little bit, um, going out on walks, hikes, reaching out to friends that I hadn't reached out to in a long time. And then traveling to go see my parents. I, I didn't, through my marriage, like I really didn't get to travel and see my parents much. So since then, I've, I've gone back there in Mexico. So I've gone back to see them at least once or twice a year. And it's been really, really nice to just reconnect with the people that, you know, I haven't been able to see or connect for a long, not that he didn't allow me to go, that I just didn't put the, in the effort. The priority. Exactly. I, yeah. can, I can feel that. I remember in my marriage, I can count on one hand that I actually traveled and the first time I got on the plane after my separation, it was so exciting. I was going up to New York to see my friends for literally no reason. And it just felt so good to reconnect with the people who like had always had my back. And parents obviously are the best. And I think that's very important for the process of healing because if you don't have a good foundation of friendships, of, of you know, women, girlfriends, you know, to support you and be there for you, 
I just, I don't know what I would do without my friends. I think I, then, you know, they distract me from going and feeling sorry for myself or thinking, oh my God, I'm a failure. I'm this. And why didn't I just stay? I'm lonely. Because, you know, one, doing all these other things that I've always wanted to do and then surrounding myself with a good group of, of friends, I think really, really helped me in my, my healing process. And I'm not done. I'm, it's a constant learning, constant learning about myself and, and healing. I don't know if I, you know. If How I, long have you Three years. Okay. Yeah. So is there, is there a period of time where you decide, okay, I'm finally healed? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. You know, it's, I'm remarried and there are times where I'm face to face with my ex-husband where I think about not if we were still together, but how much I also fucked that up. You know, like I think about what if I didn't behave in the way that I behaved? What if I were a fully healed person? Would this have worked out? And I feel like those feelings are normal and we have to validate them because, you know, I try not to what if, but there is listen, you loved this person. You made a life with them. You made children with them. So it's inevitable that this part takes time. And if you don't allow it to take time, it's only going to sneak up on you later on. Exactly. And like I said, we have to look, be able to hold up the mirror and look at ourselves. I think that's part of the process too, because, you know, it takes two and we're not innocent. So yeah, I'm sure I, you know, he didn't really communicate those issues with me about myself. So that's part of my, you know, healing I think I think he never really told me what was wrong and I think that is going into my dating life now which dating sucks by the way um especially in this town I'm in LA but I think now looking back at it it's like I didn't get any feedback from him ever so I think I you know I'm under this impression like I'm great I'm a great catch I'm a great mom we co-parent together I take care of myself I look good you know I'm an outgoing person I'm a positive person but maybe there's other stuff that I just, but like, it would be nice to get the feedback. So yeah, I never. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I remember the shit show that I was in our marriage and like in those moments, you know, when you're just like fighting and you're like losing your mind totally. And like, it'd be, I'd be like, Michelle, this is not, <laughs> Michelle, stop. But I like couldn't pull myself back off the ledge because it was like all my repressed shit coming out at once. Like I, I try not to do that anymore, but Again, things I wouldn't have seen had I not married somebody who brought those things out of me, right? Yeah. So tell me about, because you are a catch and you're a babe and you're all of those things. Tell me about dating after divorce. Oh, God. How long do you got? (laughs) Oh, my God. No. So, yeah, I've been dating. I think I started dating six months after divorce. You know, diving into those apps. It's just a different world of dating apps. It's just such a hookup culture these days. And, you know, yeah, it's all, don't get me wrong. It was all fun and games. I did it. I went and had my fun. I'm like, I'm free, you know? But I think for women, it's different than for men. I think for women, that gets old real quick. Um, so then I start dating for with intention, you know, with intention to something long-term. And a lot of these men just aren't that. They say that's what they want, or they say on their profile, I'm looking for a relationship, long-term, you know, maybe even marriage. And, you know, ultimately, you know, I've dated guys and the longest guy I've dated was three months. I mean, I've dated a couple for three months. I think at three months, it's like when they're, it's like, I just, I don't understand. Clearly, if I'm allowing you to take me out to more than a month, then it's, I like you. And I just want to get to know you. We can keep, keep, 
to continue to get to know you. Uh, and for you at three months to be like, eh, never mind, I'm not ready for a relationship. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Sorry, can I cast? It's a podcast. I can't. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I, I don't think I've ever done a podcast without cursing, but oh, you know, much to my mother's like shock and dismay, she's like, oh, I can't listen. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can curse, especially when it comes to these fuck boys who just want to. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I, yeah, it's not great. If you're, I'm, because I know a lot of women. I have the question of, okay, so I'm divorced. Does that mean I should only date people who are divorced? Will that make it easier, harder? What has your experience been with that? I have only dated men that are divorced and have children because one, I feel like one, they've been through it. So they kind of understand, you know, where I'm coming from. And also they have kids. So they're a parent. So they know that my kids come first and I know his kids come first. Yeah. So we understand each other with, you know, in that aspect. And then, you know, they don't want any more kids. I don't want any more kids. So now it's just like, let's get to know each other and just have fun and see where it goes. But I've never, maybe that's it. Maybe I need to date someone that's never been married or has kids. <laughs> maybe. I mean, look, uh, you know, but for me, I knew for sure I wanted to, I, I didn't care if he had been married before, but I knew he had to be a, a parent because yeah. my daughter was only two. And that's a lot, especially to bring to a relationship. So I needed somebody who understood what that would be like and who would understand when I said at the last minute, as I'm putting on my heels to go to dinner, if I have to cancel because my daughter needs me, like my daughter. Exactly. Yeah. That was important for me. But then I hear from people who are like, "Ugh, I don't want to deal with an ex-wife. I don't want to deal with somebody else's children. And I see that, you know, I see that a lot. And I understand that too. But I will stay away from the toxic ex-wife. If you badmouth your ex-wife, if you don't have a good relationship with her, I run. I run. I don't need that. I'm never going to badmouth my ex to my new partner and vice versa. Like that's, you know, you have kids with this person. Like you should not. Right. And at all. Guys, newsflash. Not that any guys are listening to this, but <laughs> if you're badmouthing your ex. It really looks like you're still in love with her. So don't do that on a date. Don't yeah. do it. Yes. Women too, you know, I think we, I mean, I made the mistake of like wanting to show how over my marriage I was by like, you know, downplaying and, and talking shit. And in hindsight, like I would have run from me. I would have been like, okay, she's clearly not over him, you know, because yeah. <laughs> I wasn't when I started dating again. And, and yeah, that's something to leave off the table. We split amicably. Thank you very much. Next topic. <laughs> Divorce is never easy, and when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events, documentable text messaging, and an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. 
a file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient time and date stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R, FAIR. Subscribe at BeFAIR.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. So you're, how old are your boys? My boys are, my oldest will be 13 next month in April. So he was 10. And 10. So they were 10 and seven. They were nine and seven. How did you break the news to them? Um, we decided, cause I, I did all my research and read the books and you know, went online and researched the best way to like handle that and tell your children. And from what I read, which was great by the way, because you know, they're two, a little over two years apart, but they're so completely different. So we, I had read, you know, to tell them separately. So we told the oldest first, you know, him by himself and him and my ex and I, and his reaction was very different than my younger one. You know, my older one was, you know, oh my goodness. I was like, okay, so what does that mean? So like, do I get a new house? Am I going to change schools? Am I get another Xbox in my daddy's house? You know, stuff like that. Whereas... The little one, he just had a meltdown. He cried and was so sad and upset and just didn't understand. But I knew if we would have told him together, the little one would have held back because he would have seen older one's reaction and not felt comfortable, you know, because he looks up to his big brother. Yeah. So, so it was good because then we were able to explain it on two different levels, which, you know, was good for each one of them. So I recommend, I highly recommend for any of you going to divorce, if you have multiple kids, don't sit them all together, like individually, like tell them. And you and your ex together told them. Yes. Together. Very smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really great to be able to give that message cohesively. Um, so they're not wondering, you know, what is dad thinking? What's dad thinking? And especially because then then they were, you know, my concern was, I don't want them to think that it was because of that, that it's their fault. So if we could in unison together, tell them, listen, you know, we, we are still going to be a family. I'm saying that your dad's saying that to you, you know, everything's going to be okay. It's just, you know, we still love you and it's not your fault. Then they won't, you know, freak out, I guess, or think, you know, cause I did in my research say like a lot of kids blame themselves. Yeah, they do. It's amazing. I, I can totally sympathize and empathize with that being a child of divorce. Um, if you're listening and wondering how to have conversations with your kids, be sure to head over to my Instagram highlights. I have a whole section on books for children uh, that will help you have these conversations. But anyway, in the meantime, while we're on the topic of advice, we just let 25 minutes pass so quickly. What advice would you give to a mom who is new to the divorce game? I think focus on yourself, really do the work, the self work, because I think a lot of us, you know, myself included, and we're like, okay, we think we're going to be okay because we were so miserable for so long that once, you know, we are officially free, it's like, Oh, I'm fine. It's great. I'm going to just go out and date and screw around and, and have fun, but we're really not ready. We're really not ready. And then we're just setting ourselves up for, you know, these crazy expectations, these disappointments and heartache because, you know, 
you know, the first guy that I dated after a while, I fell head over heels. And he's like, listen, like, I like you. You're a great girl, but you're six months out. Like, I'm not going to do this to you. Like, you cannot. You're not ready. You, this is not. And that looking in that moment, I was so pissed. And but looking back, I'm like, you know, that was great. That was very, very good. So I just think, you know, take the time to find yourself, get to know yourself, be alone, you know, redecorate your house how you've always wanted it. You know, that was one thing I was very into. I'm like, okay, now I can rearrange. I can buy nice furniture and, and call your friends. If you feel lonely, call your friends. Because I think every woman needs to do the self-discovery and the self-work and the self-love. And maybe, you know, like, why did my marriage fail? You know, look, you know, maybe I'm going to therapy. Uh, before you get back into, you know, the dating. I mean, you can have a maintenance man. I had a maintenance man. So, <laughs> so in the meantime, if we're going to be real because mama has her needs. So yeah, come on. It's fine. I, I'm totally pro <laughs> having a maintenance man to come in and, you know, yeah. In the pipes. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. No. <laughs> Listen, I talk a lot about sex after divorce in my new book that is not out yet. But when it is out, I have it broken down into two chapters. And I don't want to give too much away. But one of them is when to not have sex at all. And when is to just fully let go and enjoy it. And I'm glad you're able to do that. Oh, I was able to do that. Yeah, shortly thereafter. (laughs) Because to me, it was like, yeah, I, I was able to, you know, know that it's just that. It wasn't, I'm not going to, and plus he was younger. He was 27. So I'm like, there's no way anything's going to happen. Well, I love that. I think that's fun, fun, a fun way to end off. I'm so glad you were here and, and willing to share some of your story with us. It seems that you were really eased pretty seamlessly into your life as a divorced mama and a co-parent. And I give you lots of credit for that. It sounds like yeah. you're doing a great job and your boys are lucky. Maria, where can everybody find you? Everyone can find us on our website at unicornmoms.com, on Instagram at unicornmoms, on Facebook at official unicorn moms. And you can follow my personal account at Maria underscore Hunt on Instagram. Maria Hunt. She is the jam. Thank you for being here, Maria, for the rest of you. Thank you for listening. Stay Thank you for having me. It was great. We got to do this again. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.